This Tougher Minds podcast offers another more detailed discussion focusing on one of the concepts within the elite business athlete. That's the name of our ebook, which is available for free on the Tougher Minds website. The elite business athlete explains how performance secrets from global sports stars can be beneficial and transformative for everyone. The book provides an overview of key concepts that boost resilience, personal performance, and well-being. In this podcast, Dr. John Finn discusses the performance psychology technique referred to commonly as mental imagery. It's used within the Tougher Minds training programs. We started the podcast by asking John Finn to explain more about mental imagery and the famous golfer who was well known for using it. Well, Jack Nicholas probably describes it the best. It's like going to the movies inside your head. Um, I think sometimes it's that can sound com- confusing for people because it's uh, not exactly as if you're watching a movie in your head. If you can think of, well, what does your house look like? And actually, how many windows do you have in your house? Can you count those up? And... This is a task that everyone I know can perform without actually seeing their house in front of them. They can create some sort of visual representation of something that's that's physical and real inside their head, even when they're not looking at that particular thing. So other language we might use to um, describe imagery are visual memories, seeing what your first car looked like, seeing the hospital where your child was born, um, seeing the church where you might have got married. And, you know, people talk about daydreaming as well, so some people might be thinking about England having to take penalties in the next game, um, the European Championships, and how that might unfold. So it's kind of this visual representation inside your head. But actually, the way that um, sports psychology, and former colleagues like Professor Paul Holmes, who developed uh, the Petlet model of imagery, is that imagery isn't just necessarily about a visual thing. So that's often why the term visualization will be critiqued, because imagery can be a multi-century experience. Um, you know, including sounds and, and touch and, and and smell and even taste. You know, boxers report tasting the blood in their mouth before they go into the ring to try and uh, get them fired up, almost imagining they've been punched in the nose. So, imagery in its fullest understanding is a is a multi century understanding. And going back to Jack Nicholas, he has this very vivid description of. Um, the outcome of a shot that he creates in his head before he actually hits the shot. And in the, in the elite business athlete, uh, you, you include a brief quote from a book called Brain Rules, um, which talks about the, the human senses being very much dominated by um, visuals and, and what, 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 what people can see and, and all these type of images you've just described. So they do fundamentally then have a, a very powerful influence. Yeah, they seem to be. So there's an extensive literature on learning styles, but actually there isn't, doesn't seem to be any 
extent to the validity and reliability of the foundations of that literature. So the suggestion that different people have learning styles doesn't really stack up when you look at that in experimental design conditions. When we, we're starting to understand the brain, we're actually seeing that the sensory cortex where our senses live, if you like, is, is dominated by um, vision. We call this the, the pictorial superiority effect. And it's thought that up to a half of, of the sensory cortex is, 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 is for vision and pictures. And, and when we're talking about pictures, the way that I would describe that is that right now, whatever you're looking at is like a picture that you're looking at. You're creating some sort of picture of it. Um, so you can look at pictures in real time with your eyes open, looking at what's going on around you. Or you can look at pictures in your mind's eye, things that might not be real in the moment there, but you've got some sort of visual represent, representation of them. And you're continually switching between these two things. Evolution rate would make sense that vision is dominant um, because you know our eyes have been very important in the evolution of Homo sapiens. And it seems that what's most appealing to us are the 3D moving visual images like you would see in real life or like you might see in a, in a movie. That seems to hold our attention in the most effective way. Um, so the idea of, 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 of vision and images being so important for or so dominant in our sensory cortex certainly gives us, or we can certainly rationalise that by thinking about how humans have evolved. You know, Language is, is quite a new thing. Um, even the way that we read, we read words is in picture format. So there is, um, people probably seen this where you see a sequence of, of words or uh, put together, but the, the the letters in the words aren't in sequence. Yet you can still make sense of the of the of the, of the words because your picture is just actually taking pictures of of the whole word, not necessarily every single letter. Um, you know, and there's some really nice designs around the power of um, the visual. So there's some research which I think John Medina talks about where. Expert wine tasters um, given a white wine, but it's dyed red. So the, these experts, so-called experts, they taste this wine, and yeah, yeah, it's definitely a red wine, and it comes from this region, and it's a white wine. It's just the colour throws them. So pictures are powerful, and as well as seeing those pictures through our eyes in real time, we can generate them in a in our mind's eye as well, and so we know then that that it, it's part of, of of life, of everyday life. We know, uh, as you've just outlined, it's very dominant and very powerful. And also because of what Tougher Minds has shown us about um, human predisposition, if you like, we know that um, the images that you might focus on, see in your mind's eye, or choose to look at, can be things that are perhaps worrying, threatening and tempting to us. So that can be problematic for people. 
Yeah, so the the idea with imagery and making imagery into a skill is that you can start to get control over the images that you have. Um, so if we're being resilient, we might have good control over our imagery so that when we recognise that we're paying attention to things in our mind's eye that aren't helpful for us, that we can switch our attention onto something else. So, yeah, um, it's all leading us back to CBT, really, getting control of our cognitions, and part of our cognitions are our images, visually orientated. So, so say, for example, um, somebody might be feeling anxious about an experience they've had professionally or at work earlier in the day, and uh, when they have a quiet moment at home, th- those images come back to them. Um, and perhaps distract them and are disruptive for them. Is that is that is that the the practical implication of it? Yep. So it lingers. Your brain keeps paying attention to it because it's, it's kind of threatening. Um, and it's not like watching a Hollywood movie in your head. You know, sometimes these these images are very faint, but it's you know it's taking you back to thinking about that person who's upset you or that situation you found yourself in. Um. Yeah, and so don't worry if you can't see an absolutely clear picture in your head. It, that's not it's essentially what what imagery is. It's um, it's almost like a trace of a memory, if you like, which has a visual orientation. Some people are very good at it. Um, some people are not so good at it. But you know, I've done extensive research on imagery, um, and everyone I've ever moni- um, screened, they can they can do this. It's just sometimes. It's, some people are better at it than others. And you can learn how to get better at it. I guess that's the key thing. Yeah, and the crux of um, this specific chapter in the Elite Business Athlete and uh, a lot of what you do, as I understand it, with Tougher Minds is is helping people to address this. Um, and you use the the notion, the concept of, uh, you extend, if you like, the idea of a, um, a film or a, a television program by almost using the idea of changing channels on a TV screen to help people address this. Um, we the way that we use our TV metaphor is just like you've got a mini TV screen in your head um, in order to think about the images and I, I wouldn't want people to think Tougher Minds is, is an imagery training programme it's not it's, it's, but it's central to how we think because cognitions in relation to the science that we come from they can be framed as, as pictures or words, which is self-talk or imagery. And part of taking control of your thoughts, regulating your emotions, which are driven by your thoughts, um, or, or they drive your thoughts, they're interconnected ideas. Part of that is taking control of, the, of this visual element. And in fact, the, the way that we think about controlling images, um, we think about your brain's a little bit like a computer. You can, you can kind of take control of the computer uh, and you use words and pictures to take control of it. So that, that's the way that we think about it. Um, and if we're going to get good at taking control, we might need to plan out the words and the pictures that we're going to use to help us to take control in advance of, of the situation that might cause us a problem. So that um, 
you know, if we're sitting at home in the evening and we're getting stressed out, we might have a um, a, a phrase that we that we say to ourselves, and we might have a visual thing that goes with that phrase that actually helps us to refocus our attention away from the unhelpful thing and onto something helpful. Jack Nicholas very clearly had a very clear um, thinking visual strategy every time um, before he hit a golf shot. And that was born out of him recognising that under pressure he wasn't playing as well as he knew he could. So he had to develop some strategies to help him to um, get have a better chance of, of performing at the level in golf that, that he could. And and he went to the extent, and again, this is this is in the Elite Business Athlete ebook, which which you can download from the Tougher Minds website, tougherminds.co.uk. Uh, Jack Nicholas actually created the the short film, if we want to stay with the film uh, metaphor, and um, he, he actually saw the ball going in going in the hole, uh, him making the swing. These this kind of detail was what was uh, involved in his use of managing imagery. Yeah, so painting a very rich, vivid picture, you know. And it's... The the richer the picture we paint, the less chance the of the unhelpful thoughts coming in there. You know, if you really pack... Imagine your brain's like a cup. It's got the capacity of a cup. It will always be full of something. So if you can fill it, fill it full of the helpful stuff, then that's it's going to be more helpful to, to the skill you're trying to perform. Um... It does sound a little bit magical imagery sometimes. And I think the story that I'm recalling in the book is that I do, I vividly remember this, going to um, play golf with my dad as a younger kid in my dad's van, his work van, and on the radio there was, I guess, Five Live, and um, John Daly was leading the British Open, and he was they were talking that he was using... You know, imagery techniques, visualization techniques before the shots, as if it was. Well, I think they're almost questioning the legality of it. It's like this is illegal. It's this can't be. This can't be legal. Who, you know, should he be banned from doing this from seeing the sort of shot that he wants to hit? Um, so I think it's often quite a feels like quite a supernatural, um, weird thing for people to be doing. But you know, the all the the top performing athletes report doing this from David Beckham and his free kick work. Um, Johnny Wilkinson, a huge huge advocate of it, and even Wayne Rooney, I know, talk about using imagery um, to try to help them to control uh, pressure situations. Yes, you can perhaps um, imagine. Uh, well, perhaps some people more readily can imagine how very specifically um, useful it is. Uh, for, a, for the execution of a sporting skill or in a in a sporting context, and uh, well, perhaps the uh, the golf journalists and golf broadcaster scepticism at that time um, said more about the uh, the nature of the game than much else besides. But uh, certainly, I, I'm sure you, you're well aware that uh, these kind of approaches are, are very prevalent in professional golf. That that sport, then, how might um, a professional person? make best use of this kind of understanding? How might they manage their imagery to best effect in their daily work? Well, we talk about helpful attentional control. It's kind of the heart of what we want to teach people, how to hack their brain. Um, An imagery is a hack strategy, so it's something you can use to um, get more control over your thinking. 
and hopefully build that into a habit. So the way to use um, imagery or a practical way to use it is, is as a trigger to help you to pay attention to something that's helpful for you. Um, and you can plan to use a trigger. So you might be um, sitting at your desk in the afternoon, you know, trying to get the work done, thinking, oh, why, you know, this is boring, it's rubbish, I want to go home. But having that that visual trigger of, of the big goal you're working towards and the current work is part of that project might just help you to, you know, refocus on the thing that you want to achieve. So it's recognising difficult points in the day and then having a cognitive strategy, which will include imagery, to help you to manage that particular challenge. Um, and it can be very powerful. And the aim is that that becomes a habit, you know, that you use this to get your attention onto something that's helpful. And a good a good example of um, another example of how you might use imagery is if let's say you're going for a run and your legs start to hurt. It's not that helpful to keep pe- paying attention to your legs hurting and oh my my legs are hurting so much. This is so difficult. That's not helpful things to be thinking about. So you've got to deploy strategies like um, imagery to give you a different attentional focus onto something that is useful to pay attention to. Like I'm doing really great here, you know, it's nearly over. Keep going for the next. How many? Imagine my legs are feel nice and light. Like this kind of thing. So, you know, often we're using imagery in combination with um, with words or self talk, which I think we're going to talk about in a little, in a in another time. But it's about planning out these these strategies so that they're they're helpful for you in the thing that you're trying to achieve. When people are trying to go to sleep at night, they use counting sheep, don't they? That's an imagery strategy where they're trying to get their attention away from maybe the things that are stressing them out onto something that's uh, non-threatening and might actually help them to drift off. So, again, that's an imagery strategy. Um, We have activation, which we talked about in a previous podcast. Again, that gives you a visual representation of your physical, your physiological kind of alertness, which is a helpful image to have. Um tell me to use sort of images to relax or to, or to pump yourself up, to activate yourself. So there's some examples of how you might use this skill in order to uh, manage yourself every day. Yeah, and just, just a couple of final points. Uh, again, you'd emphasise, I suppose, then that um, for anyone looking to use this in the way you've just described in their in their own lives, the, the detail of the images is important. And it's also important that you practice the skill you've just described. Yes, because these are skills. So we're trying to work up from knowledge to skill to habit. Um, I spent eight years doing a PhD on what's called meaning-focused coping, which is essentially reframing difficult situations. And my habit of reframing things says, uh, is a lot better now than it, than it was eight years ago because I, um, or whenever I started my PhD because, because I practised it a lot, you know. And this really is about practicing. If you practice um, using unhelpful imagery, like always seeing in your mind's eye the worst thing that can happen, you get really good at doing that. If you practice in your mind in your mind's eye, kind of controlling the image or getting 
getting your image of, getting your image onto something that's helpful for you in the moment, then you get really good at that. So this is a, a neuroplasticity thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's about practicing. And I guess with the advent of mobile technology and the extension of kind of video and, and imagery capabilities, then in a way, your smartphone is an imagery, tra imagery training device that you, you know, that you can use to help you to get better control over images. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Tougher Minds podcast, which discussed mental imagery, a concept within the Elite Business Athlete, the free Tougher Minds ebook, which explains how performance secrets from global sports stars can be beneficial and transformative for everyone. You can download the Elite Business Athlete from tougherminds.co.uk. Remember, it's totally free. Thanks for listening.